stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking packs. Welcome back. This is Stacking Pennies. I'm your host, Corey LaJoy, here sitting next to my good friend, Pit Road Boats and Woes Analyst, Ryan Flores. Glad to be here. In the back room, as always, we have Chuck Bush. Hello. And Mr. Bluth, ice cold mountain takes himself, Jonathan Merriman. Chilly here today. <laughs> I don't know why this just popped in my brain, but we did a heads or tails last week of head drink versus the field. And I think that you took Stuart Haas or something, like the iciest take of all time. I Look, I, I'd have hypothermia. I don't think I took Stuart Haas, but maybe I took Gibbs. I think I took Truex versus – I took Truex in the field versus Hendrick. So, no surprise there. I was uh, dead wrong again. Man. It's a thing. Can't say it's I'm surprised. But what I am surprised is whatever Hendrick hit on, they are rocking and rolling. I mean, the only one that spoiled the party this weekend was Kyle Bush. Prohibiting Hendrick from running one, two, three, four for twice in the last three weeks. Did you hear Radioactive last night, by the way? I have not listened to it yet. At the end of it, he basically, he's like, we got an HMS problem, boys. So, I mean, yeah. everybody knows that they've got the they've got the goods. So mm. Now, Ryan, you've been part of some championship winning teams, and it always ebbs and flows, right? Sometimes a team hits on something, and they're good for half a season. It's all about timing. But now we have a parts lock from last April. So you can't really develop new tailpipes. You can't develop you know, more or less all the little knickknack stuff that you would find over the course of the year. What is it lately that Hendrick, you think, has found that they start really hauling ass? Oh, man, I wish I knew, right? But a lot of this stuff is um, never really one big thing. It's a lot of little things, right? And they're not just per- outperforming. Stacking pennies. Stacking pennies. The hell, they're stacking quarters, dollars over there. Hundreds. Hundreds. Uh but yeah, they're they're not just the best on track performance. I mean, they're best from top to bottom, from the the time they unload to the, their pit crews on pit road. Hell, I think the transporters are probably getting there before everybody else is. They're probably I'm sure getting, they are. Yeah, so uh, there's not much that they're missing out on, and I just hope that it flows the other way for us because it's going to be a a lonely Christmas if we don't get this bonus. If mm. Cliff keeps stealing all our bonus money here, Cliff Daniels, take it easy. Let let some Penske cars get in victory lane so they yeah. can so they can put some uh, candy in the stockings, will you? Help us out, maybe top five. I don't know. I wanted to pick y'all's brain a little bit because later in the show we have the guy who might not have won win two sixty nine for Rick Hendrick, but he got number one. Jeff Bodine is going to be joining us later in the show. Can't wait to talk to him. But I want to talk a little bit about the Coke six hundred because back. Even 10 years ago, it was a test of man and machine. And now machines have caught up to where they don't worry about breaking stuff. They don't worry about the drivers falling out of the seat anymore. What is the, I don't know, Chuck, you can, you can, you're better with words than I am. What is it about the Coke 600 now that makes it different than besides just being a long ass race? Well, the 600's always sort of had that will engines and spot expire. It's that long endurance race. And, I don't know. It's there's just something about Charlotte being the home for everyone. Charlotte being the you know where most of NASCAR's employees are based. So it's there's just, it's a home game feel. So I think there's just more emphasis on wanting to do well there, wanting to perform well. Even like 
with behind the scenes stuff with like the camera stuff that we're doing like there's all kinds of stuff that we're working on week in and week out for to get ready for the 600 um and then when you see the on track performance it's almost like i don't know there's just some thing that you can't quite put your finger on it that makes charlotte special mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah i don't know if i just rambled incoherently maybe it's because you just roll out of your bed and then drive to work which is nice yeah that is that is nice and i don't know what it was but it, i had like daytona 500 type energy and excitement almost like a nervousness going into there well, there's people there yeah there was people there there's a lot flat. of famous people there there was we'll get into some people who i met here later uh but when you roll in and you just see those american flags hanging and everybody's yeah. flying their favorite favorite driver's flags i'm like oh yeah I, you almost forget kind of why you do it well, it reminds you too because the Memorial Day, oh, you yeah. know, I think they do a better job than I, I've never. I mean, I've never been to another Memorial Day celebration quite like that. I don't know if there is one, so that that definitely adds to to everything that's going on there. The pre race, the pre race uh, military services show they put on is second to none. To Ryan's point, and it just gives you the goosebumps getting the old uh, Blackhawks landing on the infield uh, flyover, which is fairly normal, but. They uh, they do something special there at Charlotte. Humpy Wheeler, when he started that back in the 80s, I think it was, that they started that pre-race performance. And I think that 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 is one of those things, like you guys said, that really ramps up the weekend. But, you know, he's doing that coming off of uh, Vietnam and then coming off of uh, a bunch of just – it was sort of a downish time for, like, that American uh, – Pride. Pride. Yeah. And then you have these – Back then, it was like Hueys. You had Blackhawks. You had Apache. Like you had all of these different helicopters coming in. You had they the also used there. to full on blow yes. up a building in the infield. Yeah, <laughs> but his he said in an interview that like what he wanted to do was to to give you all of the emotions that you would have. Like you, he wants you to laugh. He wants you to cheer. He wants you to cry. He wants you to do all that. And if you walk away from that with all of those emotions, you're gonna have a good time. Speaking of emotion, you know who had some positive emotion going on Sunday afternoon? Mr. Kyle Larson laying another beaten to the field to get Rick Hendrick his win, number 269. Now, I just feel like we always talk about it on the show, NASCAR always delivers. Now, not NASCAR itself, just the whole sport like always has some sort of cool storyline. The first ever Hendrick win was in the five. Kyle Larson's win was in the five. 269 beating him not he doesn't get he doesn't get win 269 in vegas right or in california no no he gets it right here in the backyard literally a mile and a half from his shop so i love it merriman how uh, nascar always gets the storylines that uh that it deserves yeah and look the the first win coming at you know nascar's oldest track and in martinsville the, the one we've ran at the most and you know the the last one coming in in the backyard so you know it it is very odd how storybook some things end up happening and we were going into the weekend and in our crew at, at nascar.com we're like okay we're we're a little bit you know we need to get our stuff together on planning this 269 stuff we didn't expect it to to happen so soon and we're going to the weekend we're like it can't not happen this weekend because i mean you know we could use an extra week to work on everything we have. So, so we knew going it. into it that, I mean, it was bound to happen just because uh, we were at Charlotte. It's one of the biggest races of the year. And, and, you know, everybody 
you know, gets super pumped up running 600 miles. And once it ends, it's like, okay, that's done. But now this time it ends. Oh, now we've got a 269 plan to, to enact. So uh, it had to happen this weekend, right? It I mean, yeah, of course it had to. I mean, it could have could not have happened, especially it's a mile and a half track. And Kyle Larson, I feel like, has almost led every single lap on a mile and a half this year. Cliff's got yeah. that thing dialed in. Yeah, I think it was, you know, every race isn't going to be the thriller in Manila, right? Like, But it was kind of it's kind of trying to figure out how they were going to lose it at the end. I think you, you've seen it um, time and time again with him. He's got the most second-place finishes. And just coming down to it, when you've dominated and won every stage and every segment, and hell, they won every sequence off pit road all night, you're just almost – it's one of them races where you're almost waiting for something to happen. And, never uh, came. No, never came. You know, that was a that was a statement. That was a dominant day, just like Martin Truex did a couple of years ago. What was there? Well, one I've, one unnatural ca- like what what do they call him? One natural caution that wasn't a stage yeah, break. Newman. What did he run something over? Just blow right front. He I don't know if he blew right front or if he got loose under Joey and, and pancaked the pancaked the wall. But I got a question for for Ryan and you. Corey. So it seemed like, I don't know if you guys had a chance to go back and watch the race, Ryan, you might've seen this when it happened, but the first pit stop uh, under green Larson dove down, made up like three or four car links coming to pit road, got inside of chase and ended up costing chase a little bit of time on pit road. And so a, like, what does that do to the the teammate aspect? Like if you're chase Elliott's pit crew, you gotta be pretty irritated, right? Because Chase was going to pit first, but Larson dove to the inside and basically made Chase check up to get in his pit box. And then later in the race, Larson was blocking the hell out of his teammate, Chase Elliott, for the race lead. So, Corey, what's that like? What's that like to deal with when a guy's just so fast? He's beating you on pit road. He's blocking you out of your pit box a little bit, and then he's blocking you later in the race on the racetrack. Well, I could touch on pit road entry for green flag stops where uh, – was that a green flag stop or was that – Green flag yeah. stop, yeah. yeah. So green flag. the guy who's leading or whoever is in front, like it's almost – there's no more important time on the racetrack to have a rabbit than for green flag pit stops because you really don't know. You kind of have a mark to where you can lock the binders up, but you know if somebody's seven or eight cars in front of you on pit road or coming down for green flag stop, you know you can get at least five of that back because they kind of give you like the barrier of what to go shoot for. But if you're up there with no line or no marker, you almost leave some on the table and there's so much time to be made from the entrance of three to pit road that, I mean, every little bit helps. And you saw Kyle Larson jump in and really be aggressive. And that sometimes is the difference between merging out of your box, depending on how long your pit stop is. Yeah. And one thing that you could see, you know, the, the reason that obviously Kyle Larson has immense talent right behind the wheel, but the reason that he wins you know, the reason he won a World Outlaw race, you know, last night and, and continues to win the Chili Bowl and stuff like that, and it's everything you saw, is the racecraft that he's able to do. He puts he puts people in position, no matter if he's racing Lawrenceburg Speedway like he was last night, or he's he's putting Chase Elliott into a position like he has to, he, he gets to the inside of him coming to pit road, so Chase has to lift and get back behind him to get to his pit box because the five had pit stall one. So it's either Chase rides on the outside of the five all the way down pit road and misses his box or gives him the position. So it, he does stuff like that. Uh, you know, if you watch him, whether he runs the Chili Bowl, whether he's running, uh, you know, a World Outlaw car or a Dirt Late model, he puts guys in positions where they have to lift or they're going to wreck. And uh, and he, he is the best at that right now. His race craft is uh, second to none right now. Well, he's also doing it more. I mean, he's doing it more voluntarily than anybody else is. He's the only yeah. guy 
out there that would literally drive win the Coke 600 and drive to Indiana. I don't know if he flew or not. I'm sure he didn't drive. I'm sure he didn't drive either. <laughs> but uh, he got to he got to Indiana and won a World Outlaw race. Now we've everybody wants to talk about how well rounded Tony Stewart was and how well rounded Casey Kane was. Nobody was a nobody was competitive in their. In Nobody's their ever done this. Nobody's ever not done like this. this. But but, yeah. but the teammate aspect, I think, was another you know mm-hmm. another thing we were talking about, and I, I I'm sure you know this came up within Penske, the Daytona 500, right? And, and I, I'm sure there's rules in place. It goes deeper than, than any of us will ever know, but I'm sure that they're told to, to, to race hard and not wreck each other. I'm sure that'd be an awkward meeting, but those guys, man, that the 24 was, you listen to Tab Boyd, he's got, he's dog cussing his teammates on, yeah. on the radio. So they're racing each other's guts out. So, uh, so yeah, it's fun to watch, I'm, I'm, but I'm sure there's some internal, uh, boundaries there. Yeah. Well, I think in that, that ebbs and flows with, with the situation, right? I think that if, you know, if it came down to the wire, it's almost every man for themselves. But if somebody's distinguishedly faster, like a teammate than somebody else, then I'm sure they would give it up. But, um, there's always a little bit of give and take, especially with teammates. But, you know, when you got Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson going for it, they might both think that, uh, they have the fast car in the racetrack and they don't want to give up that track position. Can we talk a little bit about Kyle Bush though? What do you want to talk about? I just like every, you know, we talk about the dominance of Hendrick, but I, I, he's starting to kind of come around and show that old Kyle Bush spark, especially at the 550 tracks, because that's been his that's been his thorn in his side. And he played spoiler to the big Hendrick party where they could have had, you know, one, two, three, four again, like they had at Dover. Mm-hmm. So to me, hey. that's where a lot of the racing was on the track is watching him battle the other Hendrick cars. I don't want to know what it is. What is it's it? the thin candy shell. That's what that is. That's yeah. what I'll chalk it up to, the M&M's. I don't know how many flavors of M&M's they got anymore, but it's a lot. And <laughs> Kyle Busch, is, what do you have, a red, white, and blue M&M's packet on his car this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. He's probably, along with Kyle Larson, got the most amount of talent in the series. He didn't forget how to drive, guys. Gibbs just finally started to put a car underneath of him that he's comfortable with and he can get after it. Now, what we haven't seen as of late, Chuck, where's that 11 car been? He's been awfully quiet, mm-hmm. awfully quiet compared to what he was. What is it, eight or nine top t- top fives in a row to start the year? Fading a little bit. A little bit of fading. A little what's, what's going on? I don't know. I mean. Maybe just cooling his jets. It's, it's the two. It's Really, it's the two of them. It's Harvick and, and Hamlin. No, no. Hamlin's still way more competitive than the four. No, nah, four, four car wasn't bad this week, and they got off sequence and loose wheel. Oh, okay, that would be matter who it is. They still like you can't. I think Hamlin's Hamlin's biggest issue is that he's had opportunities to win races and he hasn't done it yet. Like, how long did you go? Uh, He'll get a victory. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not worried about the 11 car as much as I'm worried about the four car this year. Mm. Like the 11 car, I think this is just like you're in a bit of a kind of not slump. But you're in a lull. You're in that sort of who the get, four? You know the eleven right now. I think they're hitting a bit of a lull, and the, the four is starting to show a little bit, a uh, little bit more. But SHR is still. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't call the eleven a lull. Maybe just had a couple weeks that we're not now we're used to seeing. I that's, mean, that's why I'm not saying a slump. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a lull. Yeah, you've got this lull, this stretch in the summer coming. We're going to Sonoma, where you know, I mean, he's no slouch mm-hmm. out there. Um, 
Then we got All Star Race. There's a couple odd weeks leading up here. Yeah, and then you got Nashville, and then we're you know we're in that summer stretch. So summer's always an interesting time for me with this sport because somebody always gets hot as the weather heats up. Whoa, is that Ooh. pun? Is that yeah. a good pun? Before I forget, I wanted to give myself a shameless plug. You better go vote my ass into the All Star <laughs> Race, guys. Stop what you're doing. I know you're listening on your phone, so you probably got it in your hand. Pull it out. Where do they got to go to vote for me in the All Star Race, Chuck? Merriman, let me look Google it up. It. Let me look it up. Real Just quick. go earn Google it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just go. I could earn it. Just go in the damn open. There's open. Well, we got like three segments. I I could, and I'm going to try. But it's much easier if you would just vote me in. You won't. You won't wreck your way into the open like Bob Wall did a couple. I'd go pass in the grass. Come on, pass in the AstroTurf. Make Sparks put a rocker panel on that thing. Yeah. If, if fans want to vote for you, they can go to NASCAR.com forward slash fan vote. Yeah. And then slide me all like yeah. Put your Yahoo email address. Put your Hotmail. Any email you got, vote for me. You tell them to cheat. Try yeah. to cheat this thing. It's not cheating if you don't get caught. I mean, well, I mean, you go into the Josh moon Wise like Dogecoin. The, the Bitcoin deal. He, he was didn't Dogecoin. He, he was Dogecoin. Dogecoin to the moon to the All Stars. Gosh, imagine if you bought Dogecoin back in whatever 2008, whenever he had it on his car. Did he get paid in Dogecoin when he was uh, when when that I'm, was on his I'm car? I'm pretty sure that was Bitcoin though. No, no, no it, was Doge. it was Dogecoin. Yeah, I remember dude. the Doji that was on the yeah. car. Gosh. We did a um, I bet all you access so, video with him. I bet you he got paid in like a million Doge coins, and then just he, it was been so long as like his Coinbase or whatever. Wallet I forgot he had. his login. <laughs> yeah, can't get into it. Yeah, Josh Wise is a billionaire right now, and Doge coin <laughs> doesn't even know it. Just can't log in. Damn Jeez, it! No, I thought it was Bitcoin. It was Doge. It was. Yeah. We, hey, Jonathan Merriman, all of us here pay attention. Yeah, are blue, man. <laughs> that's why you didn't buy the Dogecoin when he was in it, Jonathan. Yeah, that's not a, not a stock guy. I wish that, I wish I did. Yeah. Well, stand by. We're gonna come back. We'll d- dig into a little IndyCar pit road boats and woes this weekend. Coming up. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Got a little pit road boats and woes section. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, moving, shaking. There's a couple of loose wheels here at the Coke 600. 
but the big the big woe of the weekend was in Indianapolis when the left rear off of Graham Rahal's car just came right off. Yeah. And then the leader of the race, Connor Daly, hit that thing, hit my buddy's car, about tried to kill him, and it took him out of contention for the win. Yeah. What the heck? And that why is that important to us? Because that's going to be us next year with that's those same be nuts us. and guns. One so. nut. So there's something to learn from that. I actually did some digging to, to try to learn from that because I'd rather learn from their mistakes than make it myself. And mm-hmm. what it sounds like, so uh, we'll cover this now because we're going to be covering Hang here. On. Hang on. You might not know, but I'm going to ask a question. Yeah. F1 cars won't leave the box if the wheels lose because they have, I don't know, electronic sensors or something. Yeah. Indy cars, you can just set it on the hub and roll. Indy car, like Indy cars, I think, I think, um, sophistically are closer to us. We're like mm. a F1 cars closer to a robot. There's a way yeah, more SpaceX. telemetry on, on those F1 cars. I think the, I think the wheel nut is built into the wheel on the F1 car. Okay. Where, um, on Indy cars and what the cup cars are going to be is it's a, it's a nut that stays in the gun. So what you saw the issue there is, is the, the, the nut has uh, magnets and an O-ring, mainly an O-ring. That when you hit that that one nut in the center, it comes off the hub and it stays engaged in the socket. Mm. Uh, then you pull the tire off, put the other tire on, switch your your gun, and you you go back on with that nut. What happens from time to time if you don't have great engagement? If you're a little bit crooked? If you pull the nut off too fast? If you doink it off the wheel the wrong way? Mm. That lug nut comes out of there and shoots down pit road. Yeah. So that's what happened there it's something that you happen that you see happen a lot can you not just get another one and screw it on there? he did you usually have it on your belt he he got it on if you watch i think the reverse thread yep. got it on uh went to hit it was still trying to hit it as it left but didn't get it you know threaded mm-hmm. enough and I, I would imagine what happened is he got uh, on to the access road there and once it got you know enough load on it probably just ripped the threads off yeah and uh Hell, that was a, dude, they're lucky no one was coming there. Yeah, dude. If it, I mean, if it hits that thing in the right way, it launches that thing into oblivion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, the dude. seven. So, IndyCar, like, we'll cover it since we're here. How sketchy is that pit road? Yeah. And then those guys, so the timing line is after you already clear pit road, right? So, those guys are doing 230 getting into there. And you yeah. saw f- four guys wreck, four people yeah. wreck getting the pit road. Spun out backwards. Spin out. Wilson wrecked. And it's just... Like, man, I couldn't imagine. It's scary. So pit road speed for us is 55 there. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're doing 60. You were part of that wreck last year. Oh, yeah. That that exact Price's leg. Yeah. Um, It's like there's nowhere to go. You don't realize until so you're there narrow. how narrow it is. It's so narrow. It's literally built for the cars that they raced there in, in the 1911. 30s. Yeah. Right? So, uh, man, I couldn't imagine watching those things come in at 230 and try to get down to 60 mile an hour. And they were having, there was obviously some brake issues or they were having, I'm, I'm sure that they do the the same type of stuff that they that we do super speedways. Probably just pull the, pull the pucks back. But. People forget to pump the brakes back up. Golly. That was, you know, to see some of the, to see some of the, like the Will Powers and the Ryan Hunter Rays make mistakes like that, man. That's, that's crazy. But you go, you go, uh, you know, that's definitely something the tire changing wise to watch with intent. I think it's easier to drop the jack on them since there's four separate changers mm. than there will be for us next year because you'll have two. Right. But um. So but yeah. Do they do bigger teams or are guys hit have converted cars over to one nut stuff yet? They I believe. Them? Yeah, I believe there's a couple teams that you know they're they're hellers teams that have made their one lug nut roster from what I understand. Um. Yeah, I'm still. Is the focused. roster number still the same? Same. 
One carrier, one jack man, two changers, gas yep. man. The choreography is the same as it is now. Yeah. So you'll have, you know, everything will be the same except you're hitting one lug nut. And um, NASCAR has voted on the gun. We we know what gun we're going to use. And that gun, that the one lug nut gun, you got to think that, that we're hitting off off and on. You're in the one second range for uh, for your off patterns. And, and these guns are going to be, you know, six to eight tenths. So, so you're not talking about a humongous difference. You're not going to be doing six second pit stops. You yeah. know, it's going to be, um, who can be the cleanest, who can, who can be the most disciplined pulling tires. Um, and then you're going to get into a lot of speed with, with your jack men and carriers. And it's, it's something that we haven't, uh, Penske really started working on yet. We're still working, you know, trying to win a championship with five nuts, but it's definitely something that is coming up in the near future. Do those things get cross threaded off on sideways or anything? I, I, I have never seen it happen. Um, but I'm sure that anything that can happen will happen. Like we've seen, hell, look at it, what happened to AJ Allmendinger this weekend in the Xfinity race with the lug nut got in the right front caliper somehow and spun around and broke the brake rotor. Didn't even see it. Yeah. So Those lug nuts are pesky. They're pesky lug nuts, man. You ever get hit by one? I've gotten hit by How one. How about, so we'll tell the story in a minute, but when you put, the hot one on my the thumb. The hot lug nut on your thumb when you were a kid. And yeah, it was, I was, I was probably four years old. We were at Bristol. This was a pit road. Whoa, Chuck. And dad's driving a, I don't know if it was a cup car or a bush car. And that was, there was no like hot pass or nothing. It was like, oh yeah, you're the driver's kid. You can sit here on pit wall during live practice, whatever, right? Well, they, they get done cha- taking the tires off and putting some new ones on for to make a mock run. So the guy sweeps all the lug nuts over to the wall right underneath my feet. I'm three, four years old. And I picked the the lug nut up so like like quick enough to where I couldn't feel how hot it was and just stuck it right in my thumb. And it was, I mean, what are lug nuts? Oh. I mean, brake temps are 1,100 degrees. Yeah, probably. so by the time you get the lug nut off the ground, it was well over 400 degrees, 500 oh, yeah. degrees. I can, I can assure you this. So my thumb swelled up. Obviously, it's like singed my, it's like, like I heard it like searing the damn skin when I put it on. And the guy got, uh, the guy got the dang impact wrench and zung that thing off and I had threads in my thumb. Holy crap. That's how he got it off? Oh yeah. That is the most redneck way to get it off. And then we went to the infield care center, wrapped it up with some gauze and walked around the rest of the day. That is the worst way I can think about getting it off. I didn't know that end of the story. It's like a, it's like a. Like a little stud, man. Yeah, just, but it's your four-year-old finger. Yeah, do you still have threads on your uh, finger? <laughs> no, no. That it healed. So my it was like fairly loose, right? It wasn't like jammed in there. Like I just couldn't get it off. It was just enough to where it was stuck, and it was like ow, ow, zing. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. back to back to that's a woe. <laughs> yeah, that is a woe. And another woe from this weekend was Daniel Hemrick. That was the biggest woe of the weekend. I, I think uh, you know <laughs> dominate the race and uh, and lose it. They get blocked in by the thirteen, but to compound that, they have a uh, have a loose loose uh, wheel or have a tire get away, right? So they get oh, an uncontrolled yeah. tire penalty, tire penalty, and put them in the back and end up ultimately getting them wrecked. So it, it's it. tough, man. That's the that's the that's the curse of running up front all day and leading you know leading almost every lap is you adjust your balance like you're leading every lap, then you get back in traffic mm-hmm. and, and, it changes. and yeah, and you're you're junk. So for sure. That's well, there's tough. also said it said it before. I'll say it again. There's only one way to win. There is an infinite amount of ways to lose a race. Yeah. And a lot of times that happened on pit road. And there you have it. There's pit road boats and woes. Hey, we're going to Sonoma this week. Anything we got to know? Sonoma curve pit road. It used to be a lot different when they had pit road on the island. They would yeah, have half the field pitting backwards. Yeah. And half the field pitting the other way. But uh, going to be a lot of strategy. A lot of people 
uh, run the race backwards. If you remember, um, I think the last time we were there. When you say running the race backwards. So, yeah. So you start the race. It, it changes now because of stages. stages, but you used to run the race backwards. So if you needed, if you only needed to run five laps to start the race, you would pit and that would put you in your fuel window to make yeah. it only two, two more, you know, pit yeah. stall. The way, what has changed that is the fact that like back then it was just when the, when the race was over, it was over, mm-hmm. right? There was no overtime. There was nothing right. like that. Now we have, you know, with, with our Could overtime rules. Attempts. Yes. Yeah. You, and with three attempts at overtime, how many caution laps is that, especially around a place like that? So tires will be important. But last time we were here, we saw, um, the, the 78 or the, the 19, they, they duped the four car with kind of faking them out when they were going to pit. Mm-hmm. So that'll be stuff uh, that's pretty interesting to watch. And that just shows everybody scanning each other, listening to each other. Oh, so yeah. it'll be a big strategy race. and Because uh, tire fall off there is big. It's, it's four or five seconds there uh, from the start of stickers to the end of a run because you're just hanging on. That that asphalt's pretty abrasive. So we'll be coming to get, get tires, but also track position is just as important. Running it backwards. So as soon as you get in your fuel window, straight stages to your point kind of mess it up. But hopefully we can be on the receiving side of some good strategies this weekend going to Sonoma. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Hope it doesn't rain. Odds are it's probably not going to. I don't know. That's Sonoma, man. There's there's no rain out there. Oh. Drink some wine. Have some fun. Turn right in the DOS boot carousel. Let's key up. Maybe not the guy who got win number 269 for Rick Hendrick, but we're going to talk to the guy who got the first one. Maybe the most important that kept Hendrick Motorsports alive as we know it. Stand by for Mr. Jeff Bodon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, guys, we're here with a good friend of mine. Everybody wants to talk about number 269 winner Kyle Larson, but I wanted to bring in the guy who got number one for it wasn't even Hendrick Motorsports. It was All-Star Race and Mr. Jeff Bodine. Thanks for joining Stacking Pennies. Hey, Corey, great to uh, be here. You know, yeah, I, I know you. I, I met you when you were working building seats for your dad. You know, I know your dad a lot more than I know you, but I've been watching you here lately. You're you're really doing well with what you have. You deserve to move up to a, uh, I don't want to say a better team, but a team that really can give you the right stuff to win with. You're doing great. I appreciate that. We're uh, we're chipping away at it. We had a good run 
on Sunday afternoon there, finished 19th in the 600. We could take yeah. this a couple different ways, Jeff, because a couple Easter eggs, we're currently racing Spire Motorsports uh, in the shop that you operated out, out of after you bought the team from Alan Kowicki. But I wanted, yeah. before we ventured down that path, I wanted to pick your brain about you getting Mr. Rick Hendrick in victory lane for the first time. How did that whole deal go down? Yeah, I was driving for uh, Cliff Stewart with the 88 car. It was 88 then. It used to be 50, but we got had Gatorade as sponsor, so we changed it to 88. And, uh, you know, we ran good with that car. Should have won a few races, but things kept breaking. And uh, Daryl Bryant, I don't know if you know Daryl, the great crew chief, great guy, but he wouldn't hire more people to help him. And uh, so I was a little frustrated and I got a call from uh, Harry Hyde and Harry goes, uh, I don't know if you, do you ever know Harry Hyde? Not personally, not besides his depiction in days of thunder, but other than that, that's about it. Well, he was a character from West Virginia. Or, yeah. And uh, he talked like this. Hey, he said, uh, Hey, Bodine, I got a, I got a guy down here in Charlotte, a car dealer named Rick Hendrick. We're going to put a team together. We need a driver. And uh, need to have you come down here to City Chevrolet and talk about it. Well, uh, I did. Went down there, of course, because I wasn't happy where I was at. And uh, sat down with Rick and Harry and at City Chevrolet. And, you know, back then we didn't have uh, these things. They call cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> and so we talked for quite a while. And Rick went through who he was and what he his plans were, and he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, he was just a small car dealer back then. I think he had two small dealerships. And he said, you know, I can't promise you a full year, full season, but, you know, we should be able to run 15 races at least. And uh, I had a full deal with Cliff, and, you know, so, but, you know, but I said, yeah, I want to ride, and it wasn't because of Rick. <laughs> it wasn't because of 15 races. It was because the guy sitting next to me, Harry Hyde, he was a winning crew chief. I, you know, that's what I wanted to be with. I said, you know, man, he can show me how to win races and teach me what to do. And so I said, yeah, I'd like the deal. And Rick said, well, great. Uh, Harry and I'll talk about it and we'll give you a call. And I'm thinking, you know, no cell phones. And I said, mm, I've been through that before. The phone never rang. I said, Rick, you mind if I just wait out in the waiting room for the answer? <laughs> I swear to God. And and of course I did. And he was so impressed that I wanted to ride that badly to wait out in this waiting room. About five minutes later, they came out and shook my hand and said, you got the job. And, uh, things were going great. You know, but Harry had a couple of cars and had one car already built. They'd already tested. I think, I think Richard Petty might've driven it and Earnhardt and they were trying to get either one of them to drive it, but you know, they had good rides, so they didn't want to do it. And, I think they even asked Tim Richmond. He was up in Indy, you know, and he was having a good time up there, handsome playboy. So he didn't want the ride. And uh, so it was offered to me and uh, start building cars. He went to Daytona. We had a good run in Daytona. I'd have to look at where we finished and all that. I don't know. But after the seventh race, and we'd had some good races, a couple of not so good. Uh, Rick came to Harry and I said, uh, Guys, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to have to shut the doors. <laughs> My heart stopped. And uh, Harry goes, Rick, what do you mean? And he said, oh, man, I spent so much money. I just, 
I can't keep spending this money. It just cost a lot more than I thought it was going to cost. He was buying a lot of parts from Harry. You know, Harry had uh, parts from all the years he was racing, namely Chrysler parts, putting on to uh, the Chevy, but they all work. You know, rear ends and trainings and all that. And, uh, man, I left and, oh, man, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And Harry stayed there, of course, with Rick and said, uh, hey, Rick, the car's already, the engine's in it. We've got some tires. You're going to have to buy a few more tires. But he said, that Bodine's won a few races there. You know, we might have a chance. I've won modified and late model races. And obviously, Rick said, okay, you can go. Well, Rick had promised his wife, Linda, to go to a church conference meeting in Greensboro that weekend, race weekend. So he wasn't even at the track. And uh, it happened to come on my birthday weekend. So we, my fan club had a little birthday party going at the track. And uh, Harry's up there with Mike, and he's talking away. Yeah, we're running pretty good. But, you know, I just – I don't think Bodine's ready to win. I don't think we're that good. I grabbed the mic from, from him, and I said, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I didn't say heck. Uh, what you're talking about, Harry, but we're running good. We're going to win this race. And, of course, we did. I mean, we didn't. Who uh, Do you remember who ran second that day? Uh, Ronnie Bouchard ran second in the 47 car, which I had driven earlier in my career. Uh, but we passed uh, Earnhardt, and I'll never forget. And, and, you know, the key to Martinsville back then, you guys have these huge brakes now and everything. You don't have to worry about brakes, but we did. And so you had to save your brakes. Of course, even today, you guys save your seat metal and all that stuff, but brakes were the key. And I'd save my brakes pretty good there. And I caught Bobby Allison. He was leading the race, and he kind of was fading because his brakes were fading. And, I passed him at three and four on the outside. I loved the outside. Back then, they didn't have that concrete, so you could use inside or outside. And, uh, of course, Ronnie, I, he got by everybody, too. But Earnhardt finished, Harry Gant, Bobby, and, I mean, uh, like Bill was probably there, everybody. They all finished. So we really did earn that race. And uh, Rick not being there, uh, he had to call his mother up. He was at home listening to it on the radio. Mom, how they do? He said, Ricky, Ricky, they won the race. They won the race. Uh, no cell phones. Couldn't talk to him. He couldn't talk to me. So they went, Rick and his wife uh, went to our house, which then I was living just near Greensboro, and toilet papered the house. That was the big celebration. I took my crew, or I think some of the crew, I don't know if Harry won or not, but my family – the Clarence's Steakhouse, which is just a mile or two from the racetrack in Martinville. That was our celebration. Uh, just got toilet papered and had a steak, and that was it. Such a big race. We didn't know how big that race, the winning of that race, was gonna, ever going to be. You know, it was used for me and used for Rick being a first for both of us, but didn't know the impact it was going to make on racing because he didn't shut the door. He was going to close the doors, and he told that he sold that to many, many people. And uh, so it's a true, true statement, but we never knew the impact it was going to make on a lot of people, all the people who worked for him, the drivers that have driven for him, and of course NASCAR. So that's uh, quite a big day. I love I love those stories of like the watershed moments where 
you know, you could have run second in that race, and that might not have been enough to convince Rick to keep the doors open, but you won that Martinsville race in 1984. Do you think when you were waiting outside at City Chevrolet next to the coffee pot, did you expect however many years, 35, 36 years later, that Rick Hendrick would be the owner of 269 career cup wins as an owner? He didn't save any memorabilia from that era. So when he opened up his uh, museums, which are great at his complex, uh, they cut, you know, I, I was going to, I let race fans come in and take all my stuff, all my trophies because it, I didn't, I couldn't have a museum. So now I got a huge museum all over the country. People have race fans have a piece of my career, which is pretty cool. But before that happened, they came over Rick and, and uh, some of his people and picked out what they wanted. I mean, they had the, the guitar I wanted, the last national race. Uh, they have Daytona clock and trophies. And, you know, I just let all that stuff go. That's the only thing I have. That's the only my, thing. It's the, well, it's the list. It's the list of the 50th anniversary. 50 greatest drivers, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I have that. I was going to let that go, but my family wouldn't let me. But the one thing I have that's means the most to me, the first grandfather clock that I wanted Martinsville in a modified, I'd given that to my parents. And uh, of course they both passed and I got that back, but all those other clocks, they're gone. You know, people have, Rick has one, Tim Brewer, Junior Johnson. Uh, I just gave it, you now, know, was that Jeff, was that mo- uh, that modified finish? Was that the one where you and Richie Evans were up on the wall coming to the line? No, no, I didn't get the clock that day. I finished second. He got the clock. Dang no, it. It was, first, it was the first time I raced in one at Martinsville, which is probably, I'd have to go look, uh, 76 uh, or 7, maybe 5. I don't know. But that's the most important piece I have left. And that's, besides this poster, the, the only thing I have left. That's awesome. Now, did you did you happen to watch the race on Sunday night? You kidding me? Of course, I watch you guys every week. Well, I didn't. You know, some guys, some guys do, some guys don't. But I'm glad you still continue to tune in. Was there any particular emotion, uh, like you felt you were a part of that celebration with Rick and, and Kyle there in Victory Lane? Well, you know, I, I I cheer for you. I really do because I know your father, and I saw you when you're building seats. I think you might have built one of my first seats. <laughs> welded together. Yeah, and. Uh, but I cheer for Joey Logano because Joey and his father and his mother, but they helped a lot with our Bobsa project. And uh, uh, he let us use their space, and, and Joey let us use part of his shop for a long while. And so I, I pull for Joey. But, of course, I pull for the Henry card because I, I do feel like, well, hey, if I hadn't won that race, they wouldn't be out there. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and, and it would – I don't know if there's any surprise that one of the cars won because <laughs> they've been strong here lately. They have. I don't, I don't have to tell you. No. And, but it was great. It was great that the five car won because when I won Martinsville, it was in the five car. For so sure. that really made it even more special. And, uh, but yeah, I pull for the, you know, those guys all the time. And uh, I like to see you win. Man. You're going to win. I'm, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. It might be 10 years from now, but I'm going to. Uh, I think you'll win sooner than that. You know, and Joey was uh, – and you you went up to Lake Placid, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. some great snowmobile you got, stories. You got in trouble. No, that <laughs> was Joey. 
I kept my sled on the on the track. He flipped his over. <laughs> well, he and Joey Logano were up there, and they had some uh, snowmobiles, and they went out and crashed the heck out of them. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that yeah. we need to tell that story next time Joey's on for sure to get his his. Uh, eyewitness account it was pretty funny but before you go jeff i really appreciate you jumping on stack of pains but before you leave all of our guests we ask a would you rather three questions number one would you trade would you rather win seven races for rick hendrick or trade all seven and you don't win the first one and win a championship for rick hendrick now you know uh i i never in my career raced for championships uh, well, actually in my modified career, I had to, had to win and make the most money because I had kids and had to pay the bills. And so I always went to win, uh, you know, but and of course, back then championships in that division or late models didn't pay a lot of money. So it didn't really impress me, but of course today it would be nice to win a championship, but no, I, I was out there to win. I, I'd never give up a win to win that championship. No way. Uh, I feel like if you win, you're a champion anyway. Yeah, that's, that's as you're finding out, it's hard to win. It's very hard. So every win, the first one and the last one at Watkins Glen right here, uh, they all mean met the same. Uh, the first one, of course, was pretty special as it turned out to be, but at the time we didn't know it. But yeah, winning races is more important to me. Question number two. I see you wearing a Watkins Glen t-shirt, as you just pointed out. Would you rather run a 700-mile race on an oval or a 700-mile race on a road course? <laughs> I don't want to run 700 miles on anything. That's why I asked the question. 600 miles in Charlotte. I had that race won in 94, uh, and we were running Hoosier tires, and we were, we were going to win that race. I won the All-Star race that year, and uh, my crew chief, instead of, I told him we just needed to change two tires on the last pit stop. We changed four and we got so far behind Jeff Gordon. I couldn't catch him and he won the race. Eh, you know, those things happen, but uh, we're running good. And, uh, I love road racing. You know, I won the old Riverside track. That's not there anymore. I won at Sears Point, Sonoma, and I won a walk in Glen. So, uh, you know, I'm only one of two or three other guys that have done that in a career. So I'm really proud of that. I love road racing. Uh, I just love racing. I love road racing, ovals, speedways, short tracks. It doesn't matter, really. Bobsled track doesn't matter. Jeff Bodine's going to show I, up. I never raced about – well, I did – I was in the Bobsled Challenge up there a few times, and then I crashed once, and I said, that's enough of that. <laughs> Bobsleds are scary when they get upside down. Question number three and last one, and I'll let you go, Jeff. If you had to pick one car and one track to race at for the rest of your life, what are you racing? Ooh, wow. That's a tough one. Now, one more race is total at Martinsville. I think 15 altogether. Uh, so people think that's my favorite track. I love it. I love the old play girls, and he was like a second father to me. Uh, uh, and that's a very physical track, a very tough track. Uh but I love road racing. I, I'd like to race a lot of road races. It's nice that they're doing more now. And uh, you did really well in Texas. I uh, hope you have good luck at Watkins Glen. And Sonoma this Sonoma. week, coming up. Coming up. Yeah. 
right. That's right. So get out there and practice shifting. Uh, yeah. Street yeah. But, but, you know, Charlotte, it is in Daytona, of course, you know, everyone wants to win Daytona. Even if you don't drive a race car, you want to win Daytona. But oh yeah. Charlotte, such a, you know, you go there and it's, the electricity is so big. You can feel it and you can hear it from fans and it's close to where everybody comes from now. And, uh, it's tough not to say Charlotte. I'd like to race there all the time because it's a it's a tough track. I've had poles there. And I've gone to hospital there. So from there, so uh, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. One race is there, but no, nah, I think Charlotte would be the track I'd go to. And I love all the other tracks. I love them, love them, love them. So we'll yeah. we'll nail it down with Charlotte. But you got to pick yeah. you got to pick a cup car, or not necessarily. You can pick any car you want, but. Give me a year or era of cup car you'd like to, to drive. Well, yeah, back in the uh, 80s, the cars were really good. They're tough. You know, I brought power steering into a set that helped everybody drive and make the cars handle better. And uh, that era was great. Era was fantastic in NASCAR racing with Earnhardt, Bill, and Allison's, and Yarborough, and Man, there was some good, good race. Harry Gant. I mean, you keep naming good, good racing. So I'd have to say that's that. An early '90s was a good era, but uh, the '80s was really good. When they came out, changed the tires, the radial tires, and some other things, and let everyone. It looked like the they let an elephant sit on the hood of your car. That's how they were ugly. So <laughs> back when you had real, real front and rear bumpers, that was real racing. Oh yeah, leave the chrome horns on them. From Jeppo Don himself. We used him a lot, you know. Well, some other guy did too, the late Dale Earnhardt. He, he and I used to trade chrome horns, horns a lot. And he won more of those battles than I did, though. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he came out smelling, smelling like a rose and a lot more than just you between you and him, too. So, man, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. And uh, congrats again for being the first guy to keep Rick Hendrick in victory lane. Now, 269 later, he's still ticking. Yeah, all you race fans that like the Henry Motorsports, thank you. And I got—I have one more story. Rick, we were doing a little TV thing at his museum, and uh, they had Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, Earnhardt Jr., and I think Casey was there. And then they had Waltrip and Schrader because they drove for Rick a few times. And uh, uh, Rick told the story. If Jeff hadn't won that race at Martinsville, I was going to close the doors. There wouldn't be a Henry Motorsports. So I looked at those guys and said, you guys believe that, don't you? And of course, they go, oh, yeah, man, cool, thanks, awesome. I said, well, don't you guys think you owe me something? <laughs> and Jeff Gordon goes, the check will be in the mail. <laughs> yeah. every, every time I see him, I said, Jeff, I haven't got that check yet. <laughs> you keep moving. You keep changing your address. I, I said it many times. And, uh, yeah, I still haven't got a check. But don't you think they owe me just a little bit? Yeah, maybe. Maybe a cold beer here every now and then be that enough be good. Just something, Just something. Yeah. yeah we'll work <laughs> on we'll work on that we'll get larson okay. to maybe send a six pack a six pack of budweiser your way jet boat on you you earned it in 1984 i got a question for you man how's it feel to be a dad oh man it's life-changing it's a lot of fun is it? yeah is it? it's uh, great i don't know if i want to be a race car driver though stuff too hard <laughs> well I don't blame you there. If it's Grandpa hard. wants to pay for it, he can be a race car driver. <laughs> I'll say hi to Grandpa and uh, 
good luck uh, this weekend and the rest of the year and the rest of your career. It's going to be a good one. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you so much. Big pro invitational race this week coming up on a track that I've never even been on nor seen, nor anybody has seen because it is on a fictional, I guess, up until now it's fictional. Now it's in real life iRacing. Uh, Chicago Street Course. Wednesday night, not, uh, what is it, 8 o'clock maybe? Yeah, Ryan like Flores, one. he's my spotter. I, I, I just asked him to do it. You going to do it? Uh, oh, it's a year running. Yeah. Tomorrow. Why do I never get any more notice than this? I have two kids. What do you mean? It's 16 hours notice. I'll be there. All right. <laughs> I really, really need you. I don't even have the track. I got to buy the track and the car. I'll Venmo you $6.99, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Now, speaking of speaking of uh, a friend, support friends, this segment is presented by and refreshed by Coca-Cola. Mm. But our big time, our professional e-racers, Merriman, they're off this week. Yeah, no, we're we're stuck with the Cup guys this week on a street course in Chicago. So, uh, I would imagine the potholes are real. It's very flat. What does that mean for you behind the wheel? I have no clue because I haven't even turned my computer on to test drive it. Uh, I'll probably turn on about forty-five minutes before the show. Be about seven seconds off of William Byron. Get aggravated and then go upstairs and have a whiskey drink and go to bed. That's how I see my Wednesday night going. Y'all can see it on live television on FS1 if you want to be a part of that. How, how was uh, the uh, – just jumping back a little bit, but how was the event this past weekend? Coke had a setup with, uh, in conjunction with the USO. They had about four play seats with their iRacing rig set up with a qualifying session for two laps at Charlotte. And I had some low confidence going in to their boys because I know I'm racing a bunch of kids. They got Zane Smith. They got Sheldon Creed. They got all these kids with no wives. No girlfriends, no nothing, just eye racing time to spend. You know where I ended up, Chuck? Where'd you end up? P2 on the old driver laid down a lap board. Zane got me by a little bit, beat Noah Gragson. So I, fans were coming in and out of the, their display booth all, all weekend. So that was pretty cool to interact with those guys. And I didn't completely suck. So uh, that was a pretty cool thing that Coke put on in conjunction with the USO. You think it helped you out uh, during, the, during the race? I think it did. I channeled some, like, it's, uh, some inner pixels. And uh, is that was that a Coke you just opened? No, oh. it was a it was an ice cold uh, bush light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mm. it's after four. So I, I feel like, like you must a Coke. I feel, I feel like you must really love Coca Cola because you to, to go to an eye racing activation. It's hard enough to get you to go to your basement. Yeah, and just go out to the racetrack and run eye racing. You know, I'm working on it, I'm trying to be part of the family. You know, but. Uh, they asked me to cope. You know, I, they, when Coke asked to jump, I said, yes, sir, how high? May I have another? Mm -hmm. But you had fans there. Uh, yes and no. They didn't – it was still a little bit prickly between uh, NASCAR not wanting, like, intermingling, right? Because we're not opening it completely up right, until right, here right. in the next two weeks. So I just put something up on my Instagram story. Hey, we're out here for a little bit. Come check it out. Seemed like they had a lot of turnover. They had a couple hundred people try to lay some laps down, and I ended up uh, – Ended up second. You know, it was pretty cool. Those play seats, whatever they had out there, were actually quite nice. Um, and I also, they had like this little qualifying package deal. So, where it's, you literally leave pit road, you make two laps, and then you reset it. Didn't even know that was a thing. It resets itself? Yeah, it's quite oh, nice. That's yeah. nice. Or if you just wreck, you just reset it again. I wish we had that when we ran Coda, because that's two hours of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> Spotting for you in the 
Coda iRace. Oh, man, that was brutal. Hit everything but the Texas lottery. And then Logano yelled at me the next day. You read part of that freaking wrecking me? Yeah. He wants Joey wants to race for 27th, and he gets mad when I wreck him just to put <laughs> get some content <laughs> on TV. How does the spotting work for uh, iRacing? So you just log in, and um, Corey puts, like, he has to put me on the list, and then it kind the of roster, lets you, yeah, roster. like the roster pretty much. So you, you go always through forgets. Screening? You go through screening? Yeah, okay. he, get my little E, yeah. put it on my yeah, e virtual card hard card, and head on into the pits. <laughs> but um, Man, they're letting spotters in the pits in the E-World, okay. Well, it's not just spotting in yeah. that, because his brother, who is the, he is the iRacing, iRacing, he is the iRacing LaJoy. Yeah. He's always out of Millbridge, so he can't come and yeah, help with strategy or, or anything. So, like, I have to not only spot, but crew chief, because okay. Corey doesn't know what to click. He just literally... <laughs> I'm driving, man. I'm gas a driver. and brake. I'm a driver. You I just try. Point it in the right direction and That's go. It. Yep. But we got a big one here tomorrow night, Chicago Street Course. Tune in FS1 for the Pro Invitational. Don't get your hopes up if you're a Corey LaJoy fan, because I will yeah. not be that competitive. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Just spot from the bean. The what? The bean. Oh, that little shiny thing in yeah, Chicago? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they've recreated the e-bean. E I hope they have the e-bean. Maybe. Does it run right by the bean? I think uh, so. Wow. I don't even know where it's at. It's, 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 it's towards, uh, I really wish it was your uh, lower or upper Wacker Drive so you could head to the Cook County <laughs> Assessor's Office. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You get going down Wacker Street. Yeah, that thing's got some odds in it. Yeah. You know, anyway, that's. <laughs> and I digress. We're on a mission for. We're going to come back. Yeah. Merriman's got to go. He's got kids okay. and stuff. So I wanted, before he went, I wanted to ask him Blue Mountain takes. What if he had any ice cold takes this weekend at Sonoma? Oh, let me see. Uh, I don't think Chase Elliott's going to win this one. You don't think so? Uh, no. I agree with that. He's hammering. Uh, I know you're hammering Larson. No, well, that's his worst. I'd say that's his worst road course. Chase's? I think so. I don't have any stats to back that up. I don't think he's won it. William Byron's my winner. All right. I don't, Is that I don't, blue enough for you? Yeah. No, I think that's actually – it might be a, like a lukewarm take. Yeah. might be pretty oh. good. Okay. I don't know. I, th I mean, Martin Truex gets around there well. He'll be tough to beat. Larson's home track. Ooh. Look, the thing is, in Sonoma, you don't drink cold beer in Sonoma. You drink room temperature wine. So that pick is right in line with what we're doing this weekend. I hear you. That is a great, great segue to the second question. Um, heads or tails, lukewarm wine or ice cold bush light? I'm going, I'll go, I'll go lukewarm wine. I'm surprised mm. by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put one ice cube in the wine, in the lukewarm, yeah, so just one ice cube. Do so it. I'll try I've got one for you. Would you rather have a nice charcuterie board or craft American singles with your lukewarm wine uh I'll, I'll do one better we had a little get together at the old man's house yesterday somebody brought over some ghost pepper uh cheese and believe you me i paid for it this morning don't 10 out of 10 do not recommend ghost pepper cheddar cheese so if, if that ghost pepper cheese is on that charcuterie board steer clear my friends <laughs> Corey's Ooh. going for the cheese whiz <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it burns. Chuck, what do you Tasty. got for heads or tails? Ooh, heads or tails. Ah, see the wine thing. I was gonna go the wine route, but then you you got that. Um, I got heads or tails. Heads or tails. Yep. Hendrick versus the field. How many races does Hendrick rattle? Is this the summer of Hendrick? I guess. All right. I got another caveat to that question, but I answer this first. I feel like Larson wins over. He's at two now. I think he wins. 
seven plus. Yeah. Uh, Chase obviously wins three to four. So, I mean, I don't know. They're going to win another ten races this year. That's a, a, that's a third of the races. Yeah. They got. Have you not seen the scoreboard? The last I'm there, three, man. I get weeks? it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, I get it they are. There's seven more intermediate tracks. Uh, there are. I don't know how. I mean, how many 50, more? Fifty-five more road courses. Fifty-five more road courses, give or take two yeah. or three. Yeah. It's three. It's three more for my preference of total road courses on a schedule. Uh, I'd really like four. Seven might be mm, a little bit too much, but it is what it is. What's your What's your favorite? What's your magic number of road courses, Chuck? Uh, I like seven. Okay. Uh, forget I asked you. Uh, what's your favorite number of road courses? Uh, the, however many it is without backwards pit stops. Backwards. Don't do them. Which yeah. is only. I think five is good. Which is only Watkins Glen and, and Indy. I think five is good. I think we could, I think we could go to, um, like, I, I would like to see maybe like the Rovals and stuff turn into maybe like a, Love, go, go, like to, go back Sega. to like a, no, go back to like a short track. Yeah. Like a cool North Wilkesboro. I mean, I think that there's probably a lot of money that's got to get dumped into that, but maybe like one that's running. Could be, yeah. Maybe an operational Kern County, one. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Bakersfield. Maybe uh, Irwindale. I don't know. We well, got. Mm. I mean, you got. You're gonna have a new short track out there in California next year. Which I don't see why. IRP. I don't understand why they didn't. Uh, IRP's going over there. IRP. IRP would be the place to go. You're right. I would go to IRP ten times over than it, going to the Indy Grand Prix. Wait track. a minute. If we're running the Indy. Grand Prix track, it opens the door to go to an oval in Indy there. No, it doesn't. I think so. I don't think it does. You should. That's go to the Speedrome over there in Indianapolis. That's a wild place. It's got a figure eight track. I think that's what we just saw. I there. almost ran Might as well stop by that, too, that double-decker Indy, that go-kart track, too, while we're at a... Sarah Fisher's. No, that's the other one. That's, oh, geez. That's indoor karting. All right, that's heads or tails. Very emphatic. <laughs> Merriman, go do, do, go do dad stuff, man. Thanks for joining the show. See y'all. Another great show. Time for a little spare change. We got John Hunter Nemechek betting on himself, getting the job done again here at Charlotte. What's that? A second or third win this year? Yeah, second or maybe third, three, four. Is it four? I think it was. I don't Vegas, know. Yeah, Vegas, Atlanta, Charlotte. Oh no, no, no! His hashtag is here four wins because he's the four car. That's right. why I got confused. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's here four wins. I think he's got hashtag three wins at the moment. Maybe, maybe not. Chuck, Google it. Find I'm, out, man. I'm, I'm pulling up racing reference right now to see you're like what, our uh, you're like our stats Jamie. guy. Yeah, you're like our. I mean, you do it literally everything. You produce it, cut it, video it. He's currently at three wins. So three here, wins. hashtag here three wins. He'll get here four wins before too long. Definitely the truck series favorite in my opinion. But you know what I love seeing? I haven't I haven't actually went up and watched a, a race in a suite in years. I got up there and I was up in the stands this weekend, up in a suite, and watched the Xfinity race and watched Tyrone Gibbs put it on him again. That kid's special, man. Yeah, now he gets he gets at the haters will say he's got the best equipment, but dude, to get in there and get get it done like he's gotten it done, he's ruffled a, he's ruffled a little feathers. Eh, you know, hey, he's young. I'm fine with that. He's I'm young, fine with that. But man, the kid is on the wheel. Is he's he, on is the he, wheel and on the gas. He's the youngest winner at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah. Look, every win he's had this year, he's earned. That Daytona win, he earned that. For right? sure. And he, he earned this one, so good on him. Love to see it. He came on the show earlier this year. We'll probably have him back. I'm sure he's going to win again. 
polite kid, but he's just on the gas all the time. So haters can think what they want, but he's got three teammates who aren't quite getting the job done. Tyrone Gibbs jumps in there and mashes just on. Just a little guy. A little tiny guy. A little fella. Just a little, 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 guy. F- little fella with a big lead foot. Oh, yeah. Big lead foot. Ty, Ty Gibbs. Who you got this week, Mid-Ohio? Um, I don't is, – is Ty Gibbs running? I don't know. Well, if he's running, I'm taking him. Austin Cindric, I'm taking Austin. Home team. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I, you're I like Homer. Yeah. It's probably going to rain there. If it, I don't know if it's going to, but it's Ohio, so I'm sure it rains So I a lot. spotted for Nelson Piquet there one time, and y'all thought it rained hard at Coda. It was raining sideways at Mid-Ohio, and I'm just like sitting there in my – like like a gif like the umbrella is like 90 degrees to you you know and like the rain's coming this way and my, and my little, what little year, poncho on what year was that oh, 13 maybe 14. was that like the year that like all the cars like kept spinning out yeah like, dude. oh yeah, yeah 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 oh dude i've never i don't think i've ever seen rain like that before and they were just riding right along yeah. they didn't care they weren't scared it was fun to watch that was a, that was a fun one to watch yeah i don't know if it had been fun uh um spotting I, like that it was not fun Probably to spot. cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was not an enjoyable experience for me, but I wish I was in the car for sure. I was. I do enjoy Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Oh, yeah. I went there uh, the first year that we ran the Xfinity Series, or the then Nationwide Series there, and, and now Xfinity. Um, that, like, Mansfield, Ohio, fun town. I feel like it's an underrated venue that they go yeah. to. You know, oh, yeah. you don't really hear a whole lot about it, like, oh, yeah, where are the Bush cars at? Xfinity cars, excuse me. Um, <laughs> We've called them all. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like nationwide. Oh cars, yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah, they're Mid Ohio. Don't really worry yeah, about them. Yeah. No, like Mid Ohio is a cool track. Yeah, it's always a good race. We should have won it one year with uh, Alex Tagliani. Regan Smith moved us Ooh, coming to the about, checkered. Talk about ruffling feathers. Um, I'm, that guy uh, was captain tying knots. I was. Uh, I'm still frustrated with Regan Smith on that. I might have Carissa <laughs> wreck uh, his his wife and the better half dash just get even. <laughs> Yeah, what she got that this week or next week? It's next week. Yeah, better have no that for MRO and I I racing. Go watch it. And there you have it. there's spare change. Another great episode of Stacking Pennies. Well, before we go, oh, we're gonna do a little jackpot. Oh Ooh. yeah, we gotta we yeah. gotta pick the yeah. big winners yeah. because yeah. you could win twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, and you know how much it costs, Chuck? Nothing. Not a dang thing. So you're almost losing money not doing it. Yeah. You are losing money if every you don't do second this. that you're not doing it. You're losing money because hey. You know, if you guys are listening to Stacking Pennies, you guys know who the favorites are. We're almost giving you a peek behind the curtain on who to pick in these jackpot races. Who so, do you got? You so got it keyed up? I do have it queued up. The best finishing group one, we've got Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Busch. Busch. Um, man, it's a hometown home race for Kevin Harvick. He gets around there pretty good, too. I got I to gotta go with the four, I think. I think they 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 need it. That's a good pick. That's who I was going to pick. I'm going to go with 18. He was fast at Coda. He was maybe the best car there. Just got off strategy. I'm a, I'm going to keep the Hendrick thing going and go chase. That's a good pick. There I, you have I, it. I, I that's a good. tough. That's a tough yeah, round right there. Yeah. So group. we didn't we didn't give our listeners a whole lot of honed in choices no. there. Well, this one you might have some in group two. Because this is where your Penske cars are. You got Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, William Byron, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney. So. All the Penske cars are in Group Two, plus two Hendrick. Yeah, I mean, I think Joey has been our strongest at road courses. He was pretty strong at Coda. Um, I do, I, I've am pretty hard on the five car. He's got the pole here before. Joey also has won the pole here before, but the five, uh, I think he set a track record here. I'm not sure. Uh, his home track, and they're coming off a big win. Um, their cars have been dominant. 
750 package, 550 package road courses. So well, he runs second. He runs second at Coda. So and that then, being the, said, I'm going to pick the two car because that's team on one. <laughs> he's a homer. homer. Uh, so with everything you just said, he was a wink, wink five car. I'm going to go with the five car. He's on a roll, man. Okay. He's got confidence. I mean, so much of being a race car driver's confident. He got it all in the world and talent to go with it. All right. Well, I want to. I want to get your impression on. Group three, which is your long shot stuff. This is where they can make or break things mm-hmm. if you're playing this game. Okay. Uh, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, Matt DiBenedetto, and Christopher Bell. Kurt Busch. Do you think Kurt? Remember what he did with the 51 well, car there? No. Where he was going to win the race and knock track bar out of it in the uh, inner loop. Dang thing. it. Yeah, he's good there. Kurt Busch good there. Okay. Yep. He's, he's hammering Kurt Busch. Yeah. We'll go with Kurt Busch. Hopefully they get their Who motor woes. We didn't even cover on the show, Chuck. I know that was my pick and he uh had Dang, issue. We got anyway. some uh we got some big silly season rumors floating around. So many so we can I mean we let's lose change, that's spare change right there. Silly season. Yeah. Kurt Bush possible second twenty three XI. Seems probable. Doesn't yeah. even seem doesn't even seem like pay me no, it seems like probable. Uh, obviously it seems like talks between Brad and Roush are going a little bit more than heated up. I feel like they might be, uh, might be close to being dumb. Um, in which case leaves a seat over in the two and or 21. And we'll keep you updated on all the silly season news and rumors right here on stacking page, but behind the scenes, maybe some, uh, you know, some conversations here there to be had. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. My silly season, uh, topic or, uh, hot, hot take. Gilligan's Island's coming back. The uh, show or the the pit the cars pitted inside the cars pitted the inside. Pin. You guys touched on it a little bit in uh, in boats and woes, and I was like, you know, a true boat woe would be Gilligan's Island on that three hour tour, getting lost or getting held for eighteen seconds on pit road after you finished your stop. Mm. So a couple things I've heard about that. I heard that it was hell if you were in there and your car wrecked because you had to sit in there the whole time. You could never get out. But I think the way that they bring it back. I would be all for bringing it back if there's a couple few rules about it, right? Bathroom. <laughs> you have to go backwards on that pit road, so your stop should be slower. So they make it a little bit shorter. What? To, to, pit to, road yeah, shorter. Like maybe okay. a second yep. shorter rolling time would be the first thing. And then the second thing that I think that they should build in there is the team Pret- that I'm on never has to pit there. And I'd be totally for it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Never Andy, have to pit there. What about a hot dog stand, like a pretzel stand? Sure, whatever they want, <laughs> as long as I don't have to be there. I mean, Perfect. what if there's like yeah, a tunnel yeah. or a bridge you can get out? Nah, no. they'll just watch from the other side and yeah. wish them well. Yeah. It sucks to the, be you. <laughs> How's it going over there? It guys looks fun. And it does sucks not suck, suck. Yep. to be us going to some of this week. Thank you for listening to Stack and Penny.